Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Episode 245 of the Get Around Podcast. And I can guarantee you right off the bat that at some point during this recording, my dogs will be barking in the background. And I don't mean my feet hurting. I mean my literal dogs will be barking at probably the mailman. Because right now, I am looking at my one dog shaking because he can see another dog across the street. And I'm surprised he's not barking his head off right now. But it's coming. But it's coming pretty soon. Yeah, there it is. Uh, I, am, I am your host. I'm your host, Brendan Queeley. Uh, joining me along, uh, for the podcast today alongside for the ride, James Cook, Jordan Puente, my dog Saint, my other dog Luna. They are here. We are ready to roll with another fantastic episode of this great, great podcast. Getting closer and closer to episode 250, uh, which milestone. is which is wonderful. Um, yeah, another milestone that uh, we'll be reaching here in the next uh, uh, couple of months, more than likely. Um, as uh, as I said, this is episode 245 of the Get Around Podcast. The Get Around is brought to you by Whining Dogs, but it's also brought to you by. <laughs> Jimmy John's. Jimmy John's has two locations in Traverse City. They make subs that are freaky fresh. They do it freaky fast because they're Jimmy John's. Freaky. Oh, yeah. We have got a show for you today. Our Audible viewers are going to be loving this one. Not only do we have the top-notch 12 revealed in the March Logo Madness bracket. Well, not so much a bracket, but just the uh, tournament, I guess. Uh, that was the only name I could come up with. I was trying to, like, you got Sweet, Sweet 16, Elite 8, Final Four. I was trying to come up with some sort of like alliterative for the for the twelve, and the the, the best one I came up with was top notch. So I went top notch twelve. I don't know how you guys feel about it. If you got something better, let me know. Uh, and then we will break down the uh, girls and boys basketball playoffs. We are into the state championship finals bracket for girls basketball, and we are entering regional action for the boys tonight. We are recording this before. Uh, before the games get started, uh, but still a lot of good action to talk about. We will have interviews with skiing state champions, uh, Trevor City West, Caleb Lewandowski, and Petoskey's Marley Spence. Uh, we induct another athlete into the Get Around Hall of Fame. And then we get into our happy endings, what made us happy uh, this week in sports, where we will uh, talk a little bit uh, about some NFL trades, one trade in particular. And uh, our reveal possibly our, our final four for the uh, men's NCAA, uh, NCAA March Madness uh, tournament bracket. So, but before we get to any of that, question of the week, courtesy of Mr. Jordan Puente. Taking logistics out of it and the money it would cost, so none of those matter, right? So, equipment that needs to be bought, money that needs to be spent, that doesn't matter here. You have to implement one of these changes into high school sports. Which one would it be? A basketball shot clock, a baseball pitch clock, or instant replay challenges? Again, this is you're saying that all of this, that no schools would have any problem making all this happen. You get cameras in gymnasiums and fields and things like that, and we'd be, we'd be good to go. Which one would you like to see implemented? And it has to implement one, or if you have another change that you'd like to throw in here, throw it my way. I, I'd say this: the shot clock. <clears throat> I just, I just, I think a, a shot clock in basketball would 
clean up the end of games, and teams wouldn't be able to to run the stall as much, and have to foul quite as early. I mean, it's I don't know. It's not fun to watch a game where uh, one team starts fouling already with like three or four minutes to go. Yeah, that's like two minutes into the fourth quarter, essentially. Yeah. Especially now with playoffs here. Oh, I'm I've, I am all for shot clock. I've actually expressed this almost every game to our photographers, who one in particular kind of realizes like, oh yeah, we could use one. Oh, just because he was saying like, imagine a team in the state state finals. Let's say this happens, is up a couple points, and the team losing. All they have to do is keep fouling and fouling and fouling. But you're fouling three minutes straight. All of your good players are potentially going to get fouled out, so you have to drain the bench. So it's it causes a lot of problems, and I've seen it mm-hmm. this year in general. You've been around longer than I have, so you must see yeah. way more of this. Yeah, I mean, I, I get the strategy. I understand it. I think I just think it would be much more entertaining to watch with you if, if you had, like, a 30-second shot clock or something. Um, I mean, it can't be 20. I don't think it could be 24 like the NBA or anything. But, no. But I think 30 would be fine. I know the NCAA has, like, 30, 35 or something like that. Yeah, but yeah. Nothing I mean, St. Francis, St. Francis ran two minutes and six seconds off a clock in the fourth quarter in one possession. See what I mean? That is Without insane. taking yeah. a shot until the very end. Yes, and uh, I saw Elk Rapids uh, do that in their, their regional final game uh, that, that they won um, where – it was just a lot of passing at the top of the key, players running back and forth. And, mm-hmm. and again, that's a good strategy given the current rules. Yeah. That is, you know, if you're up by, well, I think at the time they were up by six points, time to burn the clock. I saw you know? St. Francis goes basketball doing um, it once, too. So, but, but yeah, I, I, the, the thing is, most of the time, in high school games especially, they're not long possessions. They don't become long possessions until the end of the game. And that's when things really start slowing down. So, yeah, I, I think a shot clock would be great. The only thing, of course, is you need someone to run it. Uh, you need you would have to buy those additions um, to either so the, the backboard, probably, because yeah. the players got to be able to the see backboard, it. or yeah, the backboard or the scoreboard or anything like that. Um, and I don't know if there are any. I'm sure there are, but Illinois didn't have a, a shot clock. I was going to ask um, you. Michigan ask. obviously doesn't have a shot clock, so I don't know if there are many states where high school basketball has a shot clock. Do they have it in California? Yeah, and that's why when it? I came here, I was really confused. How long is it? Six. 30. It's not long. I mean, it's long. Well, it's well, long enough. What would you guys want? Like 30, uh, 35, 25, 27, 24? 27 seems reasonable. I mean, I, I yeah. actually want to go even number, go 30, go round up. The so. one, th- one question that, I, that you did put in there is that I would think would be very interesting, especially for football, is the instant replay challenges. I would find that very fascinating in high school high school football, especially because of what happened in the state finals at St. Francis. If they had an instant replay, guarantee that uh, was it a I think it was a holding call or a fumble that potentially happened would have gotten rolled back, and would have given given the ball back to St. Francis. 
that that's the only thing that I would would argue is when it comes time to playoffs, that's when honestly I would use it. Well, they did, didn't they? Have didn't they uh, look at a replay? Yeah, on that yeah, in the fourth yeah, down in the actual finals game. Yeah, the coaches have uh, two challenges. I think it's it's kind of like NFL style rules. I think on the on the challenges because they have the video there because of Fox yeah, Sports doing the games yeah, or yeah. Bally Sports doing the games. So so they have the technology there at, there so they can do it. So, so yeah, yeah, but that's I, I, but that's just state finals only, and I think they might have that for basketball now too. I mean, because we've seen a couple of so, odd endings in basketball years ago too, like Iron Man. Mm-hmm. What? Interesting. Yeah, that was well. Um, was that the was it the Powers North game? Uh, with the that last second, it was one of the UP teams. shot. It was Powers North yeah, or, was. Iron, or Iron Mountain one of. Something like that, yeah, yeah. All right. All right, so we're all in favor. All in favor of the uh, basketball shot clock. Makes (laughs) sense. All right. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. All right. Uh, Let us get into the pulse and the second week of March Logo Madness. I would say that the the first week was a a success. We got uh, got some votes, plenty of votes, I thought, on the uh, the 24 matchups that we put out. Um, I put together two options for us uh, this week, and uh, I'll, I'll go through the winners first uh, and then the leading vote-getters, and then I'll go through our, our, our two options that we have uh, that we can do for uh, for round two. Because there were still, you know, I went with the themes, uh, the last one, uh, and these actual, these last 24 teams do kind of lend themselves to uh, to more themes, and I figured we could possibly do that. But um, in the uh, first matchup that we had, Traverse City Central, uh, or I'm sorry, the Traverse City Tritons rowing versus the Traverse City Tritons swimming, uh, it was rowing that won 59 to 27. That one didn't get a lot of votes, which kind of, which is surprising because I thought that rowing uh, logo was was really strong. Uh, and the Bay Reps versus the Lakeshore Badgers, uh, a surprise here as well. The Bay Reps won. 89 to 60. I think that was more of a popularity contest and not so much a, a battle of uh, which which was the better logo because for me, I think the Lakeshore Badgers has the best logo uh, out of all of the, the, the teams that we cover, but that's that's just me. Um, that is a pretty sweet logo. So, uh, and then the the battle of the, uh, the Lake Trojans, Lake City versus Central Lake. Lake City won 96 to 40. Uh, Traverse City West versus Traverse City Central. Uh, TC Central took that one. That was our biggest uh, vote getter, obviously, with the two TC Central teams. It was uh, 126 to 113. Uh, Saint, obviously, my dog is a little upset about that. I don't know if you can hear him, but he's 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 kind of bummed out. He's he he just can't help himself. Uh, I know, buddy. I, I know that dog is walking outside. How dare he or she? How terrible! Um, moving on to the uh, St. Francis versus Kalkaska. Kalkaska won that one big. Wow. Uh, one one fifteen to seventy nine uh, in the battle of the comments. Comets, not the comments. Um, we'll get enough of that. Uh, Leland won that eighty two to forty one over McBain Northern Michigan Christian. Uh, TC Christian 
And Manistee Catholic, uh, TC Christian won that 78 to 18. That was the Battle of the Sabres. Uh, and then the Battle of the Ramblers, Boyne City versus McBain. McBain took an early lead here. Uh, and then Boyne City came back and won that 84 to 65. In our closest match, well, I, I, it, not actually our closest matchup, our closest matchup with a decider. It was Lake Lenoir St. Mary over Bel Air in the Battle of the Eagles. That one was 57 to 55. The Battle of the Lakers, Glen Lake. Uh, the Lake Glens killed the, the Lake Bears, uh, 118 to 33. That was not even close. Uh, for the Battle of the Vikings, Cadillac over Grayling, 78 to 47. Uh, Gaylord Blue Devils versus the East Jordan Red Devils. It was uh, Gaylord 72 to 65, another close one. In the Battle of the Sound Alikes, it was the Norsemen uh, from Sutton's Bay over the Northmen of Petoskey, 90 to 41. Kingsley beat Elk Rapids uh, in the Battle of the Antlers. Stags over the Elks, 87 to 50. The Battle of the Canines, it was the Music Bulldogs beating Benzie's Central Huskies, uh, 65 to 45. The Brethren Bobcats beat the Alba Wildcats, uh, Alba with um, no offense to them, one of the worst logos I've ever seen. Um, it, it really is. I mean, I, I'm sure I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hear from someone who is like, that logo was designed by a second grader, uh, and we went with it. And I'm like, it looks like it was designed by a second grader, who who was who was who was drawing with their non-dominant hand. Um, that's that's how I. I know I'm being I'm being too mean, uh, but uh, Brethren won that one ninety-five to twenty-two. I'm surprised. It, it looks that like a Alba bad Boy to... Scout badge. <laughs> it looks <laughs> terrible. It, if like. I there are so I would love to just it would be fun to go through and just roast all of the bad all the bad ones but we're not going to do that I'm just going to roast Alba. Um, in, in the battle of the Apex Predators, it was uh, Buckley over Frankfurt, the Bears over the Panthers, fifty-seven to forty-three. Uh, the battle of the Birds, uh, Gaylord St. Mary Snowbirds beat the Johannesburg Lewis and Cardinals, fifty-five to thirty-two. Uh, and then the Battle of the Swords, the Swordsmen. It was the Ellsworth Lancers over the Harbor Light Swordsmen, 35 to 33. That one was also very close. Bit of a low uh, vote total on that one. I was surprised because I, I thought they both had really strong logos. But again, you're also looking at fairly small schools, so uh, probably didn't have a lot of people who were uh, concerned with voting. Uh, Boyne Falls Loggers uh, beat the Onekama Portagers 61 to 13. I think if Onekama had like um, like a, a, an actual portager, it would have gotten a, a few more votes, but they just had the letter O. Um, here's the interesting one, and we have to decide right now, guys. We had the Manton Rangers versus the Mancelona Ironmen split down the middle, 68-68. That was the vote. So we are going to vote right now. You guys are going to go first. I will then cast the, the deciding vote. And uh, if, unless you guys Maybe. agree, and then, and then, and then we go. So um, I, I'll let you guys start. Uh, who are you voting for, Manton or Mancelona? Manton. Mancelona. Jordan? Mancelona. All right. Oh. Uh, well, well, 
I will vote for Mancelona as well. So Mancelona <laughs> moves on with the vote. Um, all right, That'll so they g- we'll, we'll give them a 69th vote. Uh, so Mancelona over the men, uh, Rangers, 69 to 68. Uh, Harbor Springs, the Rams beat up on the Mustangs in the Battle of the Cars, um, 63 to 13. Charlevoix whooped up on the TC United. The Raiders beat the United 133 to 35. And then in our final matchup uh, of the problematic mascots, it was Manistee over Forest Area 41 to 26. So, so the Raiders got the most votes of anyone. Jeez. The Charlevoix Raiders, yeah. So your top five, your your top five vote getters are Charlevoix at one thirty three, Traverse City Central at one twenty six, Glen Lake at one eighteen, Kalkaska at one fifteen, and Lake City at ninety six. Followed closely by Brethren with ninety five, Sutton's Bay with ninety, the Bay Reps with eighty nine, Kingsley with eighty seven, and Boyne City with eighty four to round out the top 10. Now, if we go by votes, if we're doing the votes alone, I put way too much work into this, guys. I understand that. I did. It was a little bit too much, uh, but it was it was Sunday, and there was nothing going on. Uh, I, didn't watch, I didn't watch the Oscars, uh, so I, I, I spent time doing this. So uh, we could go by votes. So it would be your top vote getter versus your uh, the one with the fewest votes. We could do that and then just go through that, which would lead to an interesting matchup between T.C. Christian and Cadillac, which received 78 votes. Uh, T.C. Christian gets the edge on that one because they got 81.3% of their vote to Cadillac's 62.4% of their vote. So with that, your matchups, our 12 matchups, would be the Charlevoix Raiders versus the Ellsworth Lancers. Uh, Traverse City Central Trojans versus the uh, Manistee Chippewas, Glen Lake Lakers versus the Gaylord St. Mary Snowbirds, the Kalkaska Blazers versus the Lake Leelanau, which I misspelled, Lake Leelanau St. Mary Eagles, uh, the Lake City Trojans versus the TC Tritons Rowing, Brethren Bobcats versus the Buckley Bears, Sutton's Bay Norsemen versus the Boyne Falls Loggers, Traverse City Bay Raps versus the Harbor Springs Rams, Kingsley Stags versus the Mesick Bulldogs, or the Boyne City Ramblers versus the Mancelona Ironmen, and then the Leland Comets versus the Gaylord Blue Devils, and then Traverse City Christian Sabres versus the Cadillac Vikings. So that's our first option for that. Or we could do themes again, which means we could have the Battle of the Trojans again, Traverse City Central versus Lake City. We could have cats versus dogs, Brethren Bobcats versus the Mesick Bulldogs. We could have the Knights versus the Dragons again, Ellsworth Lancers versus Kalkaska Blazers. We could have the Battle of the Birds again, Gaylord St. Mary Snowbirds versus the Lake Leonard St. Mary Eagles. We could have the Raiders versus the Vikings, which is cool. I was going to do the Vikings versus the Norsemen, right? Con- consider how related they are. But if we're going to keep doing themes... That could be the next round, possibly, uh, because I went with the Battle of the Bays for them. So Sutton's Bay, Norsemen versus the Traverse City Bay reps, right? I know. I've put way too much thought into this. <laughs> Lakers, the, battle of, the Battle of the Water, the Lakers versus the Tritons. Uh, and then you've got the Battle of the, again, the Blue Collar Workers, which we did the last time. 
the Boyne Falls Loggers versus the Mancelona Ironmen. I am finding so many um, grammar errors as I'm <laughs> going through this. Uh, the Ramblers versus the Rams, the Battle of the Rams, right? Uh, I already brought up the, the Battle of the Bays, the Norsemen versus the Bay Refs. Buckley Bears versus Kingley, Kingsley Stags, the Battle for the Forest. Um, this one I really like, the Traverse City Christian Sabres versus the Blue Devils. You have Christians versus the Devils. Love it. All right? Wow. And then the last one is just the Battle of the Leftovers again, the Leland Comets versus Manistee Chips. I, myself, am voting for matchup option number two. Yeah, I like, I, like number, more... I like number two as well. I do too. All right. Sweet. We are going with that then. Uh, and then we'll we'll see we'll see what we get next week with uh, our our six. I still got to uh, find a name for that. Um, well, actually, we're this isn't the top notch twelve; it's the top notch twelve matchups. But we're down to we still have twenty four uh, teams left over. So maybe I screwed up with that. And maybe maybe next week is the top notch twelve, and this is the terrific twenty four. Or something like that. So I guess that's what we'll we'll have to go with. All right. So as you guys can see, I wasted a lot of time on that <laughs> and had had too much fun. But uh, nice. all right. So yeah, we'll, we'll be putting those out. I figure six and six, um, or, or do we spread them out throughout the week, guys? Do I do three matchups a day over four days? I think three batches of four would be good. Yeah. Three batches of four. Yeah. Okay. Or something like that, yeah. All right, so we'll do three batches of four starting, uh, we'll do Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and then we'll, you know, uh, try to retweet toward the end of the week uh, to get more people uh, out there to vote. All right, moving on to basketball then. Uh, what do you guys want to talk about first? You guys want to talk about uh, girls basketball, state finals, our final two teams, Elk Rapids and Glen Lake, or should we get into... Uh, boys basketball regionals, even though um, we could have a lot of teams eliminated tonight. I go state just because, you know, in the state, can't get much better than that. It is down to just two teams, at least in our area that we cover. Uh, a, a lot of teams are left, but for us in Division Three uh, on Tuesday, March 14th, here are uh, your matchups in, in the Division Three state quarterfinals. Uh, Sandusky versus Madison Heights, Madison Heights Bishop Foley. Blissfield versus Ovid Elsie. Uh, our Elk Rapids Elks versus Hemlock. Hart versus Buchanan. Those are the four. Um, obviously, let's talk about Elk Rapids and Hemlock first. Uh, Hemlock seems to be that team right now that just finds a way to win. They knocked off, and I know they're ranked number seven, so it's not much of a surprise, but they did knock off Trevor City, St. Francis, and Lake City in back-to-back games, uh, and they beat Lake City in, in overtime. James, you saw this Hemlock team play. Uh, we know that they hit 15 three-pointers against Trevor City, St. Francis to, to win that game. Uh, what makes Hemlock dangerous? What makes them vulnerable? Uh, I think what makes them dangerous is that they're – stylistically a lot like Gaylord St. Mary. They shoot a lot of threes. <clears throat> and they've got three pretty good players around the perimeter that, that do that well. And But then, unlike St. Mary, they have two players down in the post who, I guess, stylistically or size-wise are probably about like Morgan Bergquist. 
that are a pair of sisters that are uh, uh, junior and senior that are almost identical. The, the, how they play, you know, I mean, they're play in the post, play defense in the post, and and pretty stylistically, I think, close to Mer- Bergquist, but they have two of them, whereas Up Rapids only has Bergquist. Um, but I don't think that individually they have a Kendall Stanfest either. Um, uh, you know, Chloe Watson is a, a pretty good player for them. Um, you know, the, the, the three players that they have on the perimeter are all pretty good. And, and But uh, they don't have a do-it-all player like Kendall Stanfest. So I, I think that could be the difference with Elk Rapids. I mean, they like to press. They they press a lot. They uh, they do like a token one-person full-court press oh, wow. to force you to the corners and then half-court trap you there in the corner. And, I, you know, I could see Kendall Stanfest just being able to dribble through that. Yeah, she is extremely athletic. Uh, have each of you guys seen Elk Rapids play mm-hmm. uh, in person this year? Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. So I, I noticed this because I, I was able to watch uh, their their regional final game on um, uh, on the NF- NFHS network. <laughs> my my favorite thing to say. What a uh, I, I, I I love it. Um, uh, they are, or at least they were in this game, they were so composed. There was no sort of, there was no sor- sort of worry. They were up 22 to 21 uh, at, at one point in the third quarter, and then they built that to a 30 to 21 lead, and then they were, they were up, uh, I believe, 38 to 31, and that got down to 38, 36 uh, after uh, a three-pointer. But they just didn't seem to flinch. Uh, it, they seemed like they were very comfortable on the court, had a real maturity about them. Uh, for, and that's surprising uh, for a program that hasn't been this far uh, since Jana Morton uh, in 1993, the mother of Lily Morton and the uh, assistant coach uh, for the Elk Rapids uh, was there. So it's been 30 years since they've been this far exactly. Um, that's what impressed me the most about him. Not only was, was Kendall Stanfest and her ability to just really score from it, like anywhere. She's got a nice shot. She can get. She she's powerful inside. Uh, she is just extremely talented uh, and very confident out there. Did you guys notice that when you watched them play that they are that they have this composure about them, or is this something that's come about during the playoffs? Yeah, I think that they're. I think part of that is because they know their roles. And they don't go outside of them. You know, um, yeah, I mean, Morgan Bergquist plays down low. She gets rebounds. She plays defense. She, you know, cleans up underneath the basket, gets buckets inside, you know, and she's not out there shooting threes or anything, you know. Lauren Bingham is a great defensive player who loves to get out in transition, and that's where a lot of her points come from. And, you know, that's what she does, and she's not – going to go too far outside of you know what her strengths are and you know, Kendall Sandfest can just do everything so there's there's no way for her to go outside of her comfort zone because she does it all but you know it, it's just a and they've, and they've got some depth pieces too where they can bring I think they're going to have more depth to be able to combat that press and have court trap than Lake City did um, so I think they could have better luck in that game than Lake City did for that reason um do you see any challenges that they could see coming into tomorrow? 
Um, you know, I don't. I think that composure will help them against that press and the half court trap. You know, I don't see them panicking. You know, Lake City really didn't either. Lake City just kind of ran out of gas because of that half court trap and, and full court press. I mean, they had to use the biz balls to bring the ball up. Oh wow! Wow. Well, I, I can tell you, Lauren Bingham will not run out of gas. No. Uh, she is uh, our, our reigning uh, girls' soccer player of the year, mm-hmm. uh, and she's probably at any given point the quickest person on the court. Uh, so, and 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 quite good defensively, and probably up there for consideration for our defensive player of the year, mm-hmm. um, at least in consideration. Is this team capable of getting to the Breslin Center? Moving on from Gaylord and making it to the Breslin Center for a Thursday matchup uh, against either Hart or Buchanan. Yeah, I think they can I think they can totally do it. Um, you know, Hem, Hemlock shoots a lot of threes like Gaylord St. Mary, and we see what happens or what can happen to a team like that when the threes aren't falling. Yeah, if you're relying on the threes to win your games and it's not sinking, Elk Rapids doesn't really rely on threes. You kind of laid out a whole uh, assessment of how they play inside. Yeah, I mean, if the threes aren't falling and Elk Rapids takes advantage of it, it's their game. It's, their game. it's kind of how they want to play. Mm-hmm. And I think Lake City kind of laid out a roadmap of how to combat Hemlock. They just ran out of gas and couldn't finish it off. So, you know, I imagine that Mike Brown's going to look at that and oh, yeah. pretty much try to replicate that uh-huh. because they, they got around that that press with having the two tall girls bring the ball up court and they could just throw it over the top of it. Like, like there was nothing that there's nothing those girls do, could do. If, even if Mackenzie Bezball was stuck in the corner with two girls trapping her in the, the corner, she could just hold the ball up and nobody can get to it. Cause they have any, they, any players that big. And then she could just pass right around them and kind of do the same thing with Stanfest. It's interesting looking at the, uh, the brackets from Division One uh, through Division Four. Usually, at this time of the year, there are several teams still undefeated that are still alive, uh-huh. and there are none in Division Three, none in Division Four, none, uh, and, and just one each in Division One. Uh, Flint, Carmen, Ainsworth at twenty-three and zero in Division One, and then Grand Rapids West, West Catholic in Division Two at twenty-five and zero. Uh, and then in Division Two, you also have ten and twelve. Uh, Warren, is it Regina or Regina? Um, I think it's Regina. Regina. Okay, but I thought not, so. Too. I'm not 100 percent right. on that, but but yeah, okay. I think there was only in boys basketball though. I think there was only like three schools that went undefeated this year in the regular season. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's the hardest. That's I mean, that's impressive. That's that that's that's different. All right. So in Division Four, then uh, we have the uh, Glen Lake uh, girls basketball team who is down in Division Four this year after being in Division Three? But when I talked to head coach Jason Bradford, he said he didn't really notice that much of a difference between D3 and D4. Uh, he says at this time of the year, you're, you're playing stiff competition no matter what. And he looked at some of the teams that they've played so far and said they very well may, you know, could have been alive in, in Division Three still, uh, you know, uh, specifically talking about Gaylord St. Mary. Um, and... They're sitting at twenty-three and two right now, and they will have to take on a St. Charles team that is twenty-four and two. And the St. Charles team, I believe, is on a fifteen-game win streak. Yeah. Um, you had Hemlock, which was on a fourteen-game win streak, and 
Elk Rapids had just knocked off a team that was on a 19-game win streak, so I, I don't think they're too worried um, about win streaks at this point. At this, I mean, at this point in the season, most teams that are this far are on a double-digit win streak. Um, mm-hmm. Not all of them. Uh, in fact, uh, I, I don't. I think Elk Rapids is only a seven or eight, and I, I'm not sure if Glen Lake is in uh, double figures either um, when it comes to uh, to a win streak. Um, but this has been, and I kind of brought it up to uh, uh, to Jason Bradford as well. This is this seems to be their Moneyball year. Uh, this seems to be the year when they are using all the pieces needed to replace the production that they had from Grace Bradford for the previous four years, uh, and certainly last year when I believe she was averaging over twenty four points a game and was averaging a double double. Uh, as well and so this year you have ruby hogan and maddie bradford who are kind of stepping up to fill the, the role of uh, of grace bradford and it's clearly working oh, yeah. uh as they've gotten back to the state quarterfinals for the third year in a row what do we like about this Glen lake team what makes us believe that they can beat st charles uh uh on tuesday in Oklahoma heights they know how to adjust when things are thrown at them. I know. I know. Even in the game, the the game previously, it was back and forth, back and forth the whole first half. And then once the second half started, it was just Glen Lake the entire game. They adjust very well. It's kind of it's kind of surreal because like you when you watch, you're like, oh, they could you could adjust this, you could do this. They adjusted a few things, and then they just ran out of low, and then get. Gaylord and Mary's couldn't really do much. So they're adjusting. Their ability to adjust is very key. So, and they play great defense. Let's not forget about that. They play really good defense. I mean, they beat teams by almost 20 points a, a game in the postseason. That's hard to do. Like, I know it's postseason, and regular season is different, but in the postseason, they're winning by plus 20 a game. Like, that's hard to do. Like, I don't... Have you ever seen a team do that on a day in, day in and day out basis, beating a team by plus twenty in the playoffs? Yeah, they've just been taking it to teams, um, and they're they're balanced. I mean, they have. I mean, Ruby Hogan is just scoring points all over the place. Um, another excellent defensive player who creates steals all over the place, and transition buckets for them. Um, the combination inside of Maddie Bradford and Eleanor Valkner. You know, two two girls who were six one or so. Dominated. I mean, a lot of teams can't can't compete with that. Yeah, and Gaylord, so the Gaylord and Mary coach, he even said he even said it himself. He was like, "Yeah, there was just too much for us. Like we had, we we knew what we were gonna get. We were what we were getting into, but we've never played against a team like Glen Lake with the two bigs and how well they're able to move and they're adjusting mm-hmm. the details and shutting down scores." Well, like, everything they did against Gaylord St. Mary's, if they do that against St. Charles, then we'll be seeing them again on Thursday. Yeah. And I think what makes them dangerous is they also have that composure. And they have that composure from experience. They've, so many of the players on, on this team have been there. They have, they have if they had, didn't play at the Breslin, Right, they sat on the bench and and were there for the experience. They came along for the ride, uh, 
uh, when the when last year's team was making that undefeated run uh, through the regular season and, and through the postseason until they had that loss in the semifinals. They also have this you know next girl up man mentality, where if someone's getting taken out of the the game, right? If if Ruby's not getting her points, or Maddie, you know, then Maddie's getting her points. Or if you know Maddie's not getting her points, Ruby is. Or if they aren't, then you know someone else is stepping up into into that role to to do what needs to be done uh, to win the game. And you simply cannot discount the chemistry that this team has. And that same goes for Elk Rapids. And at this point of the season, in the postseason, team chemistry is it's vital. It is such a huge part. Because you have these these girls are not only playing to win, but they're playing for each other, and that is such a huge motivator uh, for for these teams. And Glen Lake has it, Elk Rapids has it, which is why I'm I'm fairly confident in saying I think both of these teams uh, are are going to make it to Thursday. Uh, as far as predictions go, how do you guys feel about it? Are we seeing you know zero, one, or two teams make it to the Breslin here? I definitely think both of them can do it. Yeah. Uh, and one of the interesting things about St. Charles, too, is they only have two losses on the year, and one of them was to Hemlock, Which who Elk Rapids plays. And it got boat raced in that game. So. Hemlock destroyed them by 34. So I don't I don't know if that – and then just looking at their schedule, you know, it doesn't seem impressive, you know, the, the level of teams that they've played. I guess you could kind of say the same thing about Glen Lake, but they've had some tough games in there, too. Um, I mean, they play San Francis. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've played some some good teams and stuff. I mean, you have the conference where you have teams that you have to play, um, but you know, there's just not a whole lot of teams that stand out on uh, St. And Charles's roster or, or schedule aside from Hemlock, and Hemlock destroyed them. And Jason Bradford has done the smart thing toward the end stretch of the season, which is he stopped pulling his punches. And when they were beating teams, they were beating teams because they were playing all their their uh, their starters all four quarters. Absolutely. That's why you saw them beating teams like what was it, eighty to four or eighty to seventeen or seventy to two, and, you know. And I know St. Charles has a couple of games like that as well, where they 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 beat teams. Um, yeah, there was a fifty-eight you know, by, to two game. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I, I know that they've done that, but. You know, when you have a weaker schedule, Bradford did the smart thing and was like, "We're we're playing, we're playing to build up our stamina because when it, we're going to get to this point and it's going to be a challenge." For That's it. smart, though. So, That's so smart. Like, yeah, that is so smart. Yeah, and, and just working and making sure that you don't run out of gas at the end too. I mean, playing playing so, those girls that long. Holding runs like yeah. they're they're like full sprint. All even when they're up by twenty, they're full sprinting up and down the court. I'm like, yo, dude, you're up 20. Like, no. no ga all gas, right. no brakes. So I didn't go through the uh, the bracket for D4. You've got uh, Baraga versus Mackinac City, Fowler versus Kingston. Baraga? Baraga. All right. You got Baraga <laughs> versus Mackinac City, whatever. Uh, Fowler <laughs> versus Kingston, uh, Glen Lake versus St. Charles, and then Kalamazoo Hackett versus Adrian Lenaway Christian. Uh, obviously, you would have Glen Lake if they get through. They'll play the winner of uh, Kalamazoo Hackett and uh, Lenaway Christian. So for that, all right. Do we want to talk boys, or do we want to save the boys' conversation for? Can uh, I for say next? one thing? Uh, though, can I say one thing though? Because I, I, yeah, I, I even you can, messaged you, can you about this. You say many things. 
<laughs> Thank you. That TC Central Petoskey game, I, I'm sure you guys have had m more, many games that you've covered that stick, sticks out to you still to this day. That, I, I know I'm still new to this. Hands down, that was probably one of those games. When you have K Trudeau, who only scored 34 points inside, and then you have arguably probably one of the best guards in the whole state of Michigan dropping 32 in overtime, and their journey to get here. Hats off to Travis City Central, because that, that was a heck of a fight that they put up against Petoskey, who's had their number multiple years in the playoffs. So it, uh, to encapsulate all of it, what a game. What a game that was. Seven, 17 years. 17 years without a uh, district championship for Traverse City Central. And and this is the year. This is the year. Um, which, you look at you look at this this uh, this regional um, with Traverse City Central at 15 and 10, Mount Pleasant at 17 and 7, Flint Carmen Ainsworth at 16 and 8, and then uh, Grand Blank at 22 and 2. Uh, you, you, you look at the records and you think, well, uh, I guess Grand Blank is the is the favorite to come out of this, but Trevor City Central right now knows how to win. They are playing games because they know how to win, and it's it's really really impressive. And I just I think they're having too much fun to lose. That's the way that I'm looking at this team. They're having too much fun to lose. Well, I mean, even after the game ended, I sent you guys photos, and if you read the article, you obviously saw the photos. Trojans Bad Boys 2023, probably one of the coldest, most dopest, hardest thing I've ever seen any team after a district win walk out of their gyms. Every all 17 of them was wearing Bad Boys t-shirts. That's that's impressive. Like that's that that's awesome. Like that's yeah. Cool. Are they the are they the are they the first team to? I mean, I know they weren't necessarily district championship t-shirts. But they were T-shirts they wore <laughs> after a district championship, yes. um, and I'm assuming that was probably the first time they wore them. Yes, they looked it was new. They because looked new. the parent the parent bought them to him after the game, so they didn't know. So the, I asked the coach, I'm like, "Did you notice what's happening?" Like, no, none of us did. Like, this is awesome. This is awesome. It makes it even better. Love it. All right, in uh, in Division Two, uh, we have got Boyne City and Cadillac still alive. Both Boyne City and Cadillac are uh, 20 and 4. One thing I noticed while uh, covering the district championships, it paid to be 19 and 4 uh, yes. going into the district championships because every 19 and 4 team turned to a, a, a 20 and 4 team. <laughs> uh, e each of them won. Uh, we've got that. Uh, Kingsford is taking on Boyne City in, uh, at Sioux Area High School and Cadillac uh, Standish Sterling at Clare. At the Division Three, we have Trevor City St. Francis versus Sanford Meridian and McBain versus Shelby. Uh, I would love to see a St. Francis versus McBain final. I think that would be great. Uh, and then in D4 at Trevor City West, where you guys will be tonight, Gaylord St. Mary versus Frankfurt, Misik versus Lake Leonard St. Mary. And I will just say this, uh, my, my one point, and I will ask you guys, how you feel about uh, you know any any takes that you have for here? Misik is a dangerous team right now. Do not overlook Misik. They are king killers, king slayers. They are taking out teams that probably should have beat them because they went 20, 20 and zero last season in the regular season. 
and then lost in the first game of districts. Yeah. And I think they were coming out this year to prove a point. They had a more difficult schedule, obviously sitting at 19 and five. Uh, and I, I, I wouldn't be worried if I was Lake Lunas St. Mary, but I would be ready to play my best game if I was Lake Lunas St. Mary. Misa can shoot very well. I mean, they, yeah, I don't know. They do a lot of things well. Especially against Buckley, a game me and Jane both got to witness. They shut down Landon Kolaviak like he's a freshman all over again. I don't know how he was freshman year because I wasn't here. But he, he was pretty good. Pretty in a sense, good. they shut him down to the point where he was non-existent in the entire game. And that's huge. Yeah, you could tell he was frustrated. Yeah, oh, he was pissed. He was very frustrated. And that's, that's I mean, if you can take away some of their best players and you guys are playing your best, yeah, it's game to win, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, if they could do the same, if they can do the same thing they did to Buckley and Kalabiak and, and take Dylan Brown out of the game. too. They did that to McBain and MC. Then, you know, I mean, they King can killers. score. Simerson can hit threes, take it to the rack. Carter Simmer. Yeah, same thing. Can rack up points. I mean, and they've got some, some good forwards underneath. I mean, Tyler Hall is just a, a oh beast on gosh. the boards. He is a very good player. So... I mean, yeah, that's that's our that's my take for Misik right there. Any other thoughts on our our, our D two and D three matchups? Uh, I, Boyne City versus Cadillac seems like a, a dream matchup to me. That seems like uh, it would be a great game. That, that would be one I'd like oh, to see too. Oh my goodness, that'd be a good game. I... So the the. The nice thing is, looking at this, I mean, Division One through Division Four, we've we've got teams in each division, so we could leave here with a maximum of four teams making it to the state quarterfinals. Yeah. Uh, we are guaranteed to have at least one. Yeah. Looking at this, how many do you think we're going to have? I'm not asking you to pick the teams. I'm not. I'm not asking you to pick the teams. I'm just going to say, just give me a number between one four. I'm going to say three. I'm going to say three, too. I am also saying three. Okay. And we're not going to say who we think is going to no. lose. <laughs> no. Uh, because we don't We don't need to. No, but no. I, I think three. I think three because uh, it's just it's just playing out that way. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, any other final thoughts on that, guys? Uh, we have got a wonderful week of basketball uh, ahead of us, and, and hopefully we've uh, we'll be making some trips down to East Lansing, uh, whether that be just Thursday or both Thursday and Saturday. Uh, and then we'll have some incredible regional basketball action on the boys' side uh, Monday and Wednesday. And then hopefully some, some days to rest, uh, at least on Friday and possibly Sunday. So, <laughs> No, I got nothing. Just a oh, good week of basketball. Cool. All right, well, then let's get into our interview. James and Jordan sat down with, Skiing state champion, Trevor City West, Caleb Lewandowski, and Petoskey's Marley Spence. The Get Around Podcast is happy to bring on state champion skiers. Caleb Lewandowski from Traverse City West. Thanks for having me. And Marley Spence from Petoskey. Thank you for having us. Um, so you guys, uh, we tried to have you on last week, but you guys were at a ski event in New Hampshire, correct? Yes. 
both at the same place? Yeah. Okay. How did how did that go? And what kind of event was that? Um, so they take the 12 best girls and the 12 best boys from the state of Michigan, mm-hmm. and they put us in a team, and we all race against each state from out east. And, yeah, me and Caleb were both out there racing. Mm-hmm. And so I understand Team Michigan did pretty well? Yeah, we all, girls team and boys team won. Yeah. How many other so how many other teams there were that you were competing against? I think it was like 12 teams. 12, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's just kind of like the state finals for you guys, where you're just used to yeah. taking care of business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do, do they do those races similar format to the to the high school races? Is it GS and slalom, or is it just one or the other, or how do they do those? It was both GS and slalom. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I guess let's just go to the to the state finals from a, from a couple weeks ago, and uh, Petoskey went in what is it fourth in a row. Okay, I've lost count. I've, I don't know if you read, but I've, I even asked your coach this. Do you, I'm sure you've been around a long time, Petowski ski team. Yeah. Would you consider Petowski a dynasty ski team, high school ski team? I would think so, yeah. But based on the amount they have won mm-hmm. consistently, not just like you win one and then you, you you lose and then you win again. You've consistently won year in and year out. And your new coach, he's never experienced a loss. And I asked him, I was like, you ex- you ever uh, lost one of these? He's like, I have actually never experienced one. He's like, I looked at him and I kind of laughed. We both kind of had like a laugh at it. But that's that's hard to do. And is, yeah. speak on that because this is that was your last ski event for Patowski. But... I mean, your name is going to be there forever. Your name is already there from last season. Yeah. The year before that, freshman year. How cool is it to be a part of that ski team in general? Um, It's really cool. Like, I guess, like, the legacy of our ski team is so high. And, like, it just feels good that I can keep that going and, like, have my name out there. And I feel like years coming, there's a lot of new skiers that are coming up into high school, and they can take on after that what I did. Any pressure at all? Because obviously, it's like everyone wants to beat you guys. You guys are, you guys are like the team to beat. Everyone wants to beat you guys, yeah. and that seemed to be the motive for a lot of teams. Like we want to beat Petoskey, and we want to beat. Actually, no, we just want to beat Petoskey. Do you feel that at all? Uh, yeah, I do feel pressure a lot. Like especially individually. Like we only had four girls, so like it was kind of hard for us to win. We all just stand and do well. But I'm just happy how our team did coming in second with four girls is, like, really impressive. And individually, I feel like I had that pressure on me because coming off a win last year, I feel like I had to do it again. So I just it was, I was really happy that I came out on top. Mm-hmm. How, so how difficult is that, having it that you like, I can't fall? Yeah. Or basically the team is out of it? Yeah. Um, it was a lot of pressure, like each girl I like talked to I was like okay guys just stand up like we'll all be fine especially at regionals too because if we made one mistake we wouldn't have made it we came in third which was with four of us and if one of us fell or one of us messed up if I messed up then we wouldn't have made it to uh, states so Mm -hmm. I did feel that pressure a lot and it just felt like a weight lift off my shoulder after that day which was really nice Mm -hmm. now now Caleb you uh West is kind of turning into a bit of a Kind of a dynasty, too. I mean, winning three in a row, right? Yeah. How how cool is it to be part of something like that? I mean, you and your, your older brother, and then in the future, your younger siblings hopefully take the mantle on as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's really cool because 
Um, we were still good when I was in middle school, but Marquette had that dynasty going for a long time. But now it's sort of West's turn for the guys. And ever since I was a freshman, we've won it. It just felt pretty great. Mm-hmm. Were you guys expecting the girls to win it too? I mean, and, and I know that the Big North teams are always kind of like the teams in the state finals. But um, I think kind of coming into the, the girls' side, I think it was TC Central that was maybe favored a little bit, right? Or That's kind of what the talk was. Yeah, Central, they won the last two in a row before this year, I thought. So, yeah, our girls, they're really good this year. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure if they were expecting to win. They're definitely happy to. But, yeah, I mean, we know what they're capable of, I guess. So, it's mm-hmm. cool that they won, too. Yeah, yeah, and that's the first time ever for West to win both of them mm-hmm. in the same year. So, what was the, what was the bus ride like? After that, after after both teams went in the championship. Oh, that was great. It was really fun. No one was sad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not a lot of falling went on, which is why both of us won. It was fun, yeah. Mm-hmm. What, so, so what kind of things do you guys do on the bus when you go to ski turn, uh, ski events for high school stuff? Um, I don't know. We talk a lot. <laughs> no, I no, sleep. Yeah, yeah. that too in the morning. No, no particular yeah. movies or anything like that? or No. Music. We play photo roulette with our team. Oh my gosh. Okay, what's yeah. that? So it's like it takes all your photos on your camera roll and like it shows a picture and then you have to like, I guess, guess like who the photo's from. And like our whole team just plays on the bus. It's so fun. That's pretty dangerous. <laughs> that could be very dangerous. Girl. It is. It's scary. It you would be scary. Show up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's I think funny. if I did that, it would just be pictures of basketball scorebooks. Same. <laughs> Same. Oh now we can I, just guess which one, who was that thing? <laughs> I just need to go through my phone and delete all those pictures of <laughs> stats and scorebooks and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. As far as um, traveling to all these places, we mentioned what you guys do on the bus rides. What's the, so obviously when you guys went to New Hampshire, you guys flew there, I'm going to guess, right? You no, didn't, we both drew. You yeah. drove. Drove. How so long how was drive? that? How long drive is that? For me, 16. Straight? Yeah, and I had like. 13 or 14. Yeah. And you guys drove yourself? Uh, no, or, our dads or, or your parents? Okay. okay. I was going to say. <clears throat> I drove, I mean, a year, literally a year ago from today, which is wild. <clears throat> I drove from California, South Dakota, 24 hours, no stop. Oh, yeah, that was wild. So for you guys to do that, I mean, you guys are way younger than I am, which I can only imagine yeah. how tired you must have been. Yeah. Did you, obviously, you took turns driving, right? It wasn't just, yeah. all right, parent, I'm going to sleep for 12 and <laughs> Let me know when we're six hours away. I'll take the rest. You guys yeah. shared the driving. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Try to, uh, try to be sure. <laughs> Don't wanna. Cause have you ever, like, had that where you're driving? Like, you're the carpool guy, right? And your job is to stay awake to make sure the driver is awake. Because if you're asleep, mm-hmm. that driver's possibly going to fall asleep. Have you ever, like, just fell asleep and on the job or it's like ah, I'm gonna doze off for a split second yeah, when I was like in my 20s me and a buddy of mine used to go on road trips all the time but it would just be the two of us so the, the person in the if, like if you weren't navigating you were sleeping <laughs> like we were just pedal to the metal driving we were either driving or visiting a like visiting a place we like we drove out to Montana oh that's fine from Michigan out to Montana and then down to like Colorado and then over to Missouri and back up to Michigan. See, like I want to do that. Nine days. See, I want to do that. <laughs> That's fun. I, I, I want to do that. 
Wow. What's the what are all the some of the coolest places you guys have been able to go to these past few years, or just in general as far as skiing has taken you? Ski takes you to a lot of places. So what are some of those places? Um, for me, probably like Colorado. I like that's gonna... the main place that we both go to. It's like for champs and stuff. Alpine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is it? Super fun. Nice. Mountains are really cool out there. <laughs> it's a lot different than Michigan. Yeah. I'd say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially skiing out there too, like elevation-wise too. Mm-hmm. It gets you. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, yeah. even when I was talking to some of the downstate skiers at the state finals, they were talking about how the like the hills up here, they were like, they're just way bigger than what we have downstate. Oh, yeah. And then you go to Colorado, and it's even mm-hmm. bigger. bigger yeah. and everything. Like, they were talking about how they were kind of at a disadvantage. Yeah. Just because they just don't get to practice on these kind oh, of yeah. hills. Yeah, they're like, like half the size of ours. Yeah. It's enormous. What do you think well, is I mean, the... your hill's tiny. Yeah. The one here in Traverse City. <laughs> yeah. Bakery's pretty small. Yeah. Do you guys do most of your practice there, or do you go to Crystal Mountain? Or uh, It's like half and half between Crystal and Hickory. Okay. Mm-hmm. Crystal's a lot bigger yeah, than Hickory, Crystal's, obviously. It's better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that answers that question. Yeah. So what's the best What's the best place around here? To ski. Or your favorite, your favorite place. Maybe not best, best, but what's the one that you'd like to ski at most? Like Nubs or Highlands or Crystal Mountain, whatever. Nubs. Yeah, for racing, probably Nubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about it? Stands out? Um, I just like the terrain, like different terrain. We train on Scarface, like on night, which is, we're so lucky to have that hill to train on, and like it's one of the best in northern Michigan. So it's nice to be able to train on that and ski on that hill every day. It's mm-hmm. right in my backyard, too. It's like 10 minutes from my house. Do you drive or do you, if there's snow on the ground, do you take your skis and go skiing there? Or do you actually drive? Cross-country. I drive. Some cross-country. Hey, I don't know. Like, it's, I've seen, cause I'm not from here. I moved here back be, in June. That'd be a different kind of skis. Yeah, but like, I've seen people actually <laughs> do it though. Like, so that's why I'm like curious. Because yeah. if there's enough snow and there's enough snow on the ground, why drive? Like, yeah. oh, I don't know. That's just me. Maybe I'm just Maybe thinking tired definitely. Of practice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hop on a snowboard and just, I don't know. Cause Have you ever messed with cross-country skiing, though, at all? Yes. Yeah? Last year, um, we were getting ready to go to a race up in uh, Lutzen, Minnesota. And my coach thought it would be a good idea, since the hill's so flat, to that we do a cross-country practice. Like, we'd all try to do cross-country skiing because there's, like, trails back in Nubs. Mm-hmm. So we all rented cross-country skis, and it was a disaster. <laughs> all of us fell, and it was just like, I, like, ran into a tree. It was so bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, how much more difficult is cross-country than, than regular uh, it's a lot downhill harder. skiing? It's a lot harder. It's like takes your breath away. It's, like, really tiring. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like running. It is, yeah. <laughs> like running on skis. Yeah. Oh, like you never, really, you never uh, tried it. No, I've never tried it before. Would Does you it? ever want to? Probably not. It doesn't seem, <laughs> it doesn't seem as fun. It's not fun. Yeah. <laughs> Just like running. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, then the Nordic teams up here, are pretty good too. They're Nordic, the high school, high school Nordic teams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, they did pretty well as well. Um, so you were saying that just not too long ago you raced against your. Your older brother Aiden. Yeah, just this weekend. How Saturday. did how did that go? Oh, that was fun. So I haven't raced against him in like two years, so to get a chance to do that. I mean, he hasn't like trained all year, but last year he was at an academy out east, 
so it was it was cool to race him. Mm-hmm. Who won? Well, he was winning after the first run, but then I had a really good second run, and I beat him. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow. How much do you remind him of that now? Oh, it was great. <laughs> he'll, he'll always remember that. <laughs> um, so you have a set of quadruplets in your family that are coming along. Yeah. Right? They'll be freshmen next year? Mm-hmm. And they're, I understand they're all skiers? Yeah, they all race. Okay. So how good is your team going to be next year? <laughs> oh, <I> <laughs> We're hoping to win the state championship again. I think yeah. we can. Because it's three boys and a girl, right? Yeah. In the quadruplets? I'm not sure. They might be on... They might be on varsity. I don't know. They still got some ways to ways to go. Yeah. They're all tiny though. Yeah, they gotta they gotta start working <laughs> out more. In the gym, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe do some cross country skiing. Yeah. There you go. Maybe there it is. There it is. Yeah. They're in Colorado right now racing. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Part of like a similar like different age group type team Michigan thing. Uh no, that's more club stuff. Like, you go up there and qualify by yourself, and then, like, just go out to Colorado. And it's not for a team. You just, mm-hmm. just for you. Yeah. What are their names? Uh, Summer is the girl, and then there's Brock, Cam, and Dane are the guys. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm just figuring I'm going to have to know these names eventually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they hope so. Do you, I mean. do you put the pressure, do you, uh, do you and Aiden put the pressure on them, saying, you know, hey, we both won state championships so yeah i feel like they sort of realize it they got they got to live up to us you know <laughs> like mm-hmm. they're yeah, they still have a ways to go in skiing to win a state championship i would say but if mm-hmm. they they should be able to i hope so mm-hmm. and how cool is it to have such a big family that everybody does the same sport uh, it's really cool. There's never really a dull moment for us. There's always something going on. Mm-hmm. Are there other more Lewandowskis after the the quadruplets, or is that it? That's it for my family. <laughs> I don't know. There's probably some other good kids younger than them, though. <laughs> so, <clears throat> one question. I'm curious. So, as far as summertime, how do you guys train? As far as being able to train when it's summer, because obviously there's no snow, right? <laughs> So what do you do to stay within shape or stay, I don't know, up to speed, I guess, or not fall off to when basically winter does come, you're back to where you just were last last year. You can start first. How do you train in the summer? Um, well, I play lacrosse for the first half of summer, so that's a lot of running. That keeps me in shape. And then also dry land training is like it's sort of meant for skiing to keep us in shape, and we do that with our ski team and that helps a lot. What's, all, what's that all involved? I mean, is it just running? Yeah, there's running, or? and there's not much, like, strength training, but it's a lot of, like, box jumps and wall sits and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Agility, agility and balance. Yeah. Working on balance and stuff. Do you guys do that a lot, too, in Petoskey? Yeah, we do. We start that in, like, the fall season, like, when snow's going to come soon. And then I also go to Mount Hood for, like, two or three weeks in the summer to stay on top of it, I guess, and keep my skiing where it needs to be for the season. And then I also go to the gym, too, mostly in the summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are some of the most important physical traits for a skier? I mean, balance has obviously got to be huge. Yeah, balance but. is a huge thing for skiing. Mm-hmm. And then also I'd say you got to have, like, strong legs for going down the hill. It's like 
your legs can get tired really easily and yeah. if at the end of the course you're all tired you probably won't do too great mm -hmm. could mess up really bad mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm not going to ask you necessarily what your your worst crash is but if you, what what's been like if you had like an interesting run or anything like that where you catch a gate or anything like that i think there was one girl i saw in the in the state finals like she caught it, like one of the gates caught her in the leg or something like that yeah. and you could hear from hear her from like halfway down mm -hmm. the like yelling yeah. and then she kept like yelling in pain a little bit too as she but she kept going and yeah. she finished and, and i think finished pretty well yeah. and everything but you could still hear her kind of like Yelp it a little bit all the way down the hill. I would probably say at qualifiers up in Marquette, um, I fell in the finish. <laughs> and it was so embarrassing because there was, like, so many parents and, like, kids down there watching. And I just, like, crashed in the finish. It was so embarrassing. But I haven't really had, like, a bad crash, I'd say, like, skiing-wise. Like, I don't know. Everyone says how, like, they tear their ACL and all these stories of them getting hurt. But... Knock on wood, I haven't done that yet. <laughs> mm -hmm. So you had already finished your run. You were across the finish line. Yes, yeah. Okay. I fell in, like, the finish arena area. <laughs> okay. Did you, like, slide into the snow yeah, fence or something? Yeah, watched it. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah, it was embarrassing. <laughs> How about you? Uh, well, I fall a lot in, like, practices and stuff, and I've been lucky enough, just like Marley, to never get, like, seriously injured from it. And I used to free ski a lot, and I would also, like, fall a lot trying new tricks and stuff but never fallen badly enough where I like break a bone or something which is good. Free mm -hmm. ski is the one where you are you literally just mentioned it you can do flips like you go back and forth back yeah would you prefer do you prefer free skiing or do you prefer what you do for team? Well I used to free ski a lot more and I pro I thought it was more fun I would say than racing at the time but now I've just I dedicate so much time to racing during the winter that I don't really have time to free ski. Would, would you? I mean, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but would, would I mean, do you, do you, watch, you watch the X Games, right? The yeah. The X Games? As far as down the road, like when you're done with school, is that something you would ever want to consider doing? Well, I'm probably not good enough at free skiing to do that. Well, I mean, just in general, like if, down the road. Like, yeah, um... If you were to work at it and get better and obviously come to the point where it's like, I want to do this. Yeah, that would be that would be really cool if I had a chance to do that. But I would say something I really want to do is, like, go outback skiing and, like, ski down powder and big mountains and stuff like that. It seems like a whole lot of fun. Wow. They could always get some I'm pointers from, like, Kayla Kuhn and Winter Vanecki, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got some sure. two, two pretty good freestyle skiers in the area um how common is it for those to overlap for for people who are just regular downhill solemn and giant solemn racers to also do some of the freestyle stuff is it is it pretty common or is it not really no like, when you're yeah. younger i would say it's yeah. more common for them to do both but then you kind of pick, one, more pick one of the other kind of when you're younger yeah and then, like, after practice <laughs> i feel like, like we don't really have time to like i don't have time to free ski during yeah. like the season like, I get done with practice, and I want to go home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm just super tired now. Yeah. yeah. So, like, during a typical practice, how many runs do you do? Mm, like, ten. Is it, is it just constant? Yeah. Going up the hill? Yeah. Doing a run, going, going right back up? Yeah, it depends what hill. If we're on the rope toe, then I get, like, ten in. If I'm on, like, a chairlift on scar base, then we get, like, five or six runs a night. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Dang. 
How, how tiring is it to, to do that many runs right in a row? It's not bad. I mean, yeah. if, if you're on the rope toe, I'm, like, sweating after practice. But if I'm, like, on the chairlift, then I can, I'll be fine after. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like at Hickory, we get, like, a ton of runs in every day. But then at Crystal, you, just, you have the chairlift to recover from your mm-hmm. last run, which is nice. Mm-hmm. During a regular meet, what do you do with the, the time in between? Because you have a decent amount of time in between your first run and your second run, or like at the state finals, the morning session, the afternoon session. What do you do with that time usually to to preoccupy your mind and just stay focused? I eat. (laughs) Make sure I'm energized. I will say whoever was cooking food for you guys at the state finals, I can smell it from when I was walking. Oh, yeah, I know. I got hungry. Our dads, like, made burgers, and I was so happy. (laughs) (laughs) It was good food. Yeah. I walked up, because I had no idea, because I was trying to find where you guys' tent was. Yeah. And I saw Potoski, and I'm like, I think that is it. And I'm looking, and there's, like, a bunch of people just cooking food, a bunch of people eating. I'm just like, yo, like, I... I better get away because I'm getting hungry <laughs> right now. So I'm glad I, you guys came out before because yeah. I was getting starving. Yeah, we have to, like, feed so many people because there's, like, all the parents, the siblings of everyone, like, mm-hmm. the Who's whole team. Coaches, yeah, all coaches, that, too. Yeah, yeah. Who was so, cooking? Like, who was – because you said parents were cooking, but, like, specific, like, who? Um, Charlie you, Thomas's dad, and then I think my dad was helping a little bit. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys, how – I was going to say – as far as food-wise, like, how, you guys obviously probably prep food for yourselves, right? Like, you had someone making food, someone cooking up stuff. Like, was it like that for you guys as well, how you stay meet? Yeah, it's the same. Like, a few parents usually at every meet are, well, they, like, I think they enjoy making the food for all of us. <laughs> I think. Then, yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't asked them, but, yeah, parents make awesome. food for us, too. They're not complaining, at least. No. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was humorous when I walked up to the... To at, at Shush, and they had the, the sign up that said no outside food yeah. in the lodge, and, and then they had another yeah. sign that said no crock pots, and I'm like, I'm like nobody's listening yeah. to this yeah, at all. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, yeah, because they had because they had that cafe there, and like, how like hardly anybody was going there. Yeah, no, I don't think the. I mean, some, some ski place food is good. But all of it's really mm-hmm. expensive. And it's yeah. not really like That's what I, I thought. I, I I was like, oh, I'll just go get something mm-hmm. in between, you know, and with the, like, while they're doing the coaches meeting or something mm-hmm. like that. I'll go get like a salad or something. Mm-hmm. And I go in there, and the salads are fifteen bucks. Yeah, you spent fifteen dollars on like, a what? salad. No, I didn't. I just got a, I just got like a diet coke, and that was it. Yeah. That was still like three or four dollars <laughs> for a can of diet coke. That's, that's yeah, outrageous. you should see Nubs. Their food, like, they have brought the price up so much. And I eat there every day, so <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> Is it good food, though? Really good. Okay. Sorry, well, when I have mean, gotten food at the at the different ski resorts, you know, from the diner or whatever, it's been good. Yeah, yeah. But when I, I saw the 15 know. bucks for, like, a little chef salad. That's like, not <laughs> worth it, man. That is not worth no, it. No, that's not at all. No. Yeah. Probably like a small, like one of those like small container boxes, and they have like one little side of ants and a few cute, cute times. Just it's decent size, but you know, <laughs> I just thought it was like, ah, not 15 bucks. No. <clears throat> How much does that chicken broth help? Because when I saw the chicken broth get bought out, I almost uh, wanted to walk up to one of the tents and be like, hey man, like, <laughs> I, 
I'm, I know that's just for y'all, but is there any chance I can just smell that real quick? Just get my sinuses released? Like, how much does that help for you guys as far as being out there for a lot, hours and hours and hours? And obviously, we're not skiers, so we're not used. I mean, I know you probably are used to it. I wasn't used to standing there. That was my first time ever covering a ski state finals. So, I, obviously, I was pretty cold. But for you guys, how what? How much does that chicken broth help you guys as far as staying warm? Um, well, I just think, like, after my run, I'm like, okay, I can go down, like, get warm, like, recuperate myself and, like, get ready for next run and, like, kind of, like, take a break, I guess. And I like to drink energy drinks, too. There you go. Those help me, yeah. There you go. <laughs> get pumped up for next run. Those seem to be pretty popular. Yeah. yeah I so what about you? Yeah, same for me. I just... You do your run, you're all tired out, and it's freezing out, so then you just <laughs> go inside and, I don't know, rejuvenate for next run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You listen to music while you guys were going? Were you listening to music at all during your state, state runs? No, I don't really like to. I mean, sometimes I'll do it at practice, but I don't like to really listen What do you guys to play? What do you, what's your go-to as far as trying to get focused and ready for a run or two runs? Um, I just kind of like to stay loose, like... I guess, like, talk to people and, like, not really be too serious to, like, overthink it, I guess. I kind of just like to take my mind off it before my run and, like, talk to my friends, talk to my coaches about something other than skiing so I, like, don't freak myself out. That's fine. Mm-hmm. What about you? Same. I just, I just try to have fun at all the races and, like, talk with people. I, like, I know it's serious, but, and I take it seriously, but it's just... To perform the best for me, I have to be, like, relaxed and not mm-hmm. all stressed out. What do you do up up top, like, right before, you know, you're waiting in line to go mm-hmm. take your run? What do you, what do you kind of do when you're right, up, right before that? Um, I just try to stay loose, and I guess I just, like, talking with my friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. After, like, doing a few squats and, you know, leg swings. Mm-hmm. Like, can you take, I mean, you're obviously you're not bringing anything down with you. <laughs> so you can't, like, t- you not, like, take music or anything like that up there and pass the time as you're waiting for the, the forerunners to go and all the, and everything? Yeah, uh, some people bring speakers up, and it's fun when they do, but not always. It's it's kind of just funny to play, like, funny music. Yeah, have a good time. I feel like they wouldn't really do that to state me because people are super serious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and they, well, so we had, like, a fun race last year at night, and one of uh, the kid on my team's dad brought, like, music to the top, and we kind of got in trouble and got kicked out of the race. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so they don't really like to play music anymore at, like, our races. I mean, sometimes our dads do at, like, our tents at the bottom, but Mm -hmm. we try to keep it quiet and... Yeah, there was no. <laughs> I was gonna say there was. I think there was one tent. I, I might. Uh, I might have been Elk Rapids, Harvest Springs, one of those two tents. They were the only ones playing music throughout the whole the whole place. Yeah. Like you will walk past and like, oh, I know this song. So I kind of just like stand there, just vibing, watching people go down, and then eventually they stop. I'm like, oh, so I was just make my way around, just walk around, talk to a few people. But yeah, it's very. Uh, it's very serious. Yeah. Very serious, which it should be. I get it. It's the state finals. But yeah, you were saying, like, yeah, our, our dads will play music, but like not really. Or, like, there's some tents that play music, but yeah. not really. Yeah. Was it like that for you, like, when you went? Like, did you see anyone play music at all? Uh, I didn't hang around much by the tents. I mean, because I, I had to take photos. 
through. Two in mind. You had to, you had the photographer go with you. So I, had to do I just t- watch I people go duty. down. Yeah, watch people go up. <laughs> I just watch people go up and down. Yeah. So I was like a little ways up in front of like the. You were deep in snow. Hut. You were deep in snow, bro. And everything. Yeah, no. Not really. And everything, but I so know. I was so I was up there. So not not necessarily by the tents. True. For much of it or anything, but it's still yeah, a lot of people there though. Keeps you involved in it, trying to. Did you stay go at the, the resort? Thing and get everybody. Did you stay at the resorts that you basically stayed at? Um. Well, I live like 15 minutes from Boy Mountain. So yeah, why I just would you? Drove got it. In the morning, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. West was just like an hour from Shush, so we didn't. Have you right. ever stayed at the resorts though? Like I know, like it's so close to your home. Like why would you? But mm-hmm. one of those things where it's like, why? Why not? Like, I don't know. Like, have you guys ever stayed at Boyne or Crystal or wherever? Um, my team did last year for regionals at Cannonsburg, which is down, like, Grand Rapids. And then also for the state finals at Boyne last year we did. It really just depends on if the school lets us, like, yeah. if they're willing to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I've never stayed anywhere for, like, high school stuff, but... I've always I feel like wondered. everything's mm-hmm. so close to like Toski. Yeah, so like, for you guys. I imagine yeah, downstate say, teams have you to. Guys are like, yeah, we're around there. Yeah. Why yeah. would you? They're nice though. Those are nice. I, I thought those were cool. I've never mm-hmm. been there. I was like, oh, this is very cool. It's like a. I wonder how it is. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We're like the North Pole. <laughs> Point so, you, so are you like doing? North Pole. You doing some recruiting to get the uh, the numbers up for the girls team? I mean they. They got some, I'm trying. some big skis to replace. Yeah, we're losing two seniors, so we're going to have two girls next year. And then one of them just had surgery on her knees, so hopefully we'll have her back for the season. So it'll be three of us. I'm trying to find one or two more. I mean, two mm-hmm. more would be, like, good because then we'd have, like, a safety person instead of just having four again, like, this year. Because mm-hmm. it was difficult. And sometimes all of us weren't at the races, so we couldn't even score as a team. But I'm trying to recruit people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, would, it would seem like it wouldn't be that hard to recruit I people know. because you're yeah. like, hey, we're good. Yeah, exactly. We are very good. Yeah. Like, do you want to be on a team that's good? That's like, going to win a lot? Yeah. You want to win a state finals this year? All right, come join us. Yeah, I know. Yeah. We'll guarantee you a state finals. Just exactly. come join us. Just run, yeah. just do a two, few runs. We'll make points. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so what's, like. so what's more competitive for you guys as far as, like, uh, the, the depth of the field? Big North? Events or regionals? Definitely Big North. Yeah, yeah I'd say for us too. Our most of our competition is just Central in Petoskey, and so we race both of them in the BNC, mm-hmm. and only one of them in the like state finals. So mm-hmm. probably BNC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it was wasn't that I think hmm? the TC Central coach was telling me that the Cadillac coach, they were having a conversation, and the Cadillac coach was saying, you know. Yeah, there's going to be skiers that don't get all conference in the Big North, yeah. but get all state. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> it just, that was crazy. I think, was it at the boys where I think that 24 out of the, in Division One, 24 out of the 40 all state skiers were from Traverse City? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Right. <laughs> wow. wow. It's a lot of, it's a lot of skiers Either right there. from Central or West. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and probably pretty heavily Petoskey in Division Two, probably yeah, as well. Yeah. So, wow. 
Cool. Well, thank you guys for making the trip here, especially Marley ma making that, that long trip down from Petoskey. Yeah. And uh, best of luck in you guys' future seasons. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having us. It's great. All right, thank you again to Caleb and Marley for joining James and Jordan in the Get Around Podcast studio. Greatly appreciate it. That interview and this show is brought to you by Jimmy John's. Jimmy John's, two locations, Trevor City, Subs, Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's. Freaky. Yay. All right, Get Around Hall of Fame time. Uh, I will get us started our Athlete of the Week nominations. I'm going to go with Frankfurt's Emerson Farmer. Scored 26 points as the Panthers topped Onekama 58-45. to to win a district championship. Uh, James, your nomination. We've got a whole bunch that we could, that we could so pick many. from here. So many. Oh, certainly. So many here. Who are you taking, Jordan? <laughs> well, I, you want me to go? I can go. I am we going. Can throw. You know what? Just because of the... I'm I just didn't want to take his, take his person. So I do want to take this person. I really, really do. He deserves it. Despite what happened on Friday, he still deserves it. I mean, what did he before? What an unreal performance. I'm going Petoskey's K, K Trudeau for his 34-plus points inside the paint. I know the loss stings, but, man, you I mean, you still deserve something. So you're, that's my nomination. All right, James. Yeah, we're going to go with uh, Ruby Hogan from Glen Lake. Nice. Um, just leading them to the, to the quarterfinals here. I mean, she's been putting up points everywhere so i'm not going to go over the stats and everything but i mean <laughs> she's just been leading them in points all throughout the playoffs and through the season and has just had uh, just a good enough season that i think she she has to be here all right fine well i'm gonna put up two more then okay i'm putting up two more and you guys can't do anything about it because I, I i run the show uh me six me six ashton simerson we're gonna mm -hmm. put him up because mm -hmm. uh, he helped the bulldogs of their first uh, district championship in four more than 40 years uh, so we cannot overlook that. And then even though she's already in, uh, we're going to put up uh, Kendall Stanfest from Elk Rapids as well. She had she had 26 and 12 against the team that had won 19 straight games. So, you know what? And also, screw this. I'm putting everybody in. I'm putting five athletes into the Get Around Hall of Fame this year. I am making a call right now. Frankfurt's Emerson Farmer, Meeseek's Ashton Simerson, Glen Lake's Ruby Hogan, Petoskey's Kate Trudeau, and... Who was the other one that I mentioned? Simerson. Simerson. Misex Ashton Simerson, Glen Lakes, Ruby Hogan, Frankfurt Emerson Farmer, Kendall Stanfest from Elk Rapids. That was the other one. And, and Petoskey's K. Trudeau. Uh -huh. All right. All five of you, you are now inducted into what is becoming not so exclusive anymore, <laughs> but it's still exclusive. the most exclusive club in northern Michigan to get around Hall of Fame. It's a big old party. It's a big party, man. the week. Hell yeah. Why not? It's I'm feeling generous today. Nice. I'm feeling generous. Nice. All right. Let's get into uh, let's end the show on a happy note. Uh, what made you happy inside of sports this week? What made you happy outside of sports this week? Uh, we'll get started with uh, what made us happy inside, and I'll I'll go first, and then we can get to, to basketball. Obviously, uh, my Chicago Bears uh, pulling in a haul for that number one pick, uh, getting the ninth pick from the wow. the Panthers. 61. Oh, well, the bell with the, uh, the yeah, only, only, all right. Well, I guess we can start doing that <laughs> for that. Um, 
so I, they got the the ninth pick, the sixty first pick, a twenty twenty four first round pick, which could be a top five pick depending on how the Panthers do, mm-hmm. uh, and then I think a twenty twenty five second round second pick, round pick. Round and pick. then and then and then DJ Moore. So yeah. I I like that for Justin Fields uh, and and what he's what he'll have uh, with the Bears for the next next several years. Um, anything else that made you guys happy inside of sports? Well, just today the Lions made a big are going to make a big splash tomorrow in free agency. Free agency doesn't start till tomorrow, but um, the word is already out that the Lions have uh, agreed to a contract with Steelers cornerback Cameron Sutton on a three-year, $33 million contract. He deserves to get paid. So the Lions get another top-flight corner to add to that defense to put opposite of uh, Jeff Okuda, Jerry Jacobs, any, any number of other guys. And uh, I did not expect them to make a big splash free agency signing because that's not been their usual thing. But, uh, well, that's good but, because hey, they – they need some defense because they can yes. score points. Yes. They just need to stop the teams from scoring points. Yes. So that's a huge plus. <clears throat> he's a good player, by the way. I hope you guys enjoy him. Yeah, he's a nice starter. Twenty-eight, I think. So he's twenty-eight. He's still new. He's oh man, it's a big ball. Jordan for Steelers defense, bro. Jordan's a Steelers Jordan fan, so he's sense. unhappy that yeah. uh, that he loses. Because we really thought I honestly thought they were gonna resign him. So that's why, like, I'm sitting here looking at this, like, really, they really let him walk. But again. We're in the same boat as the Lions. We don't pay players. We don't do big splashes. So to let them walk, that just seems like a normal everyday season for us. So it is what it is. Uh, aside, obviously, this is, that didn't make me happy. Um, we're obviously going to talk about it, I'm assuming. Yo, college basketball is in the air. March Madness is in the air. Just finished watching conference tournaments. Good conference games. A lot of, a lot of upsets in the conference games, which is why March Madness is... So madness, it's great. Um, yeah, just that the fact that much madness is in the air, definitely uh, it's a mood changer for sure. All right, so w- with that in mind, uh, let's if you guys know your Final Four, um, we'll, we'll we'll do uh, what your one big upset and then your Final Four. I can get us started because uh, I've got I got my bracket filled out. For me, my my big upset will be in the second round. Ooh. And it will be Memphis taking out Purdue. Uh, that is that, that's my my one big upset right there. I th- I see a I see a Purdue team that had been heavily or highly ranked and highly thought of uh, for most of the season, getting upset uh, in the round of thirty two. Uh, and then as far as my final four goes, I have uh, Bama, Marquette, Texas, and Texas Christian University. Wow. Okay. And then I have Marquette versus Texas, and I've got Marquette winning the whole thing. Golden Eagles fly, Eagles fly, like that. So I love I love Shaka Smart. I do so. too. He's a good coach. VCU. I love that that team. And uh, what what about for you guys? I don't have a bracket filled out yet, but I but I will. But uh, same. Uh, so if I have to pick up a, pick a first round kind of big upset. I'm going to take uh, Dan Marley University, which is Grand Canyon. Because he used to coach them for quite a long time when they made long the jump to, to Division One, yeah. uh, And I have them upsetting Gonzaga in the first round. Wow. Zag's going out early. I love it. I, James, that's my favorite. I, I love a good 14 over a 3. So do I. Very good. 
I can All see right. that could happen. Do you have your final four? I don't, I don't, have, I don't have my thing filled out, so uh, not yet. You're just going upset? I, I, just pick, I just picked it up. Yeah, I'm just going to pick an upset. For so right for the upset, I'm going to stick to my home roots and go University of California, Santa Barbara, beating Baylor. Only because the Gachos has done this before. They have upset teams in playoffs before, so don't sleep on the Gachos. Uh, and then as far as Final Four goes, I'm always, always going to pick them in the Final Four. UCLA, um, Texas, Bama, and Marquette in the Final Four. And then in the I think that's smart because right? I did have I I in in the other two brackets that I had filled out I, I did have I think I had UCLA yeah and, and one of the other two I had UCL UCLA winning the whole thing and then in my other one I had Zaga win the whole thing so who knows and then in the final four I and then in the play in the championship game um, UCLA and Marquette and then the winner I'm going I'm going to Bowens UCLA dude. All right. Eight class. Very good. Cool. All right. Outside of sports, anything that made you happy? Uh, for me, uh, the and I won't spoil it or anything like that because James, I'm sure you haven't watched it yet. Oh but yeah, the, it ended uh, yesterday. The, the season finale of The Last of Us was uh, fantastic. Um, I had I had I had one one scene that left me, uh, and it was just one line that just left me a, a mess, just crying like crazy. Uh, but it was great, and I'm, I'm happy that we had that show. I'm sad that it's gone, uh, and I'm looking forward to season two. Okay, so my my uh, not sports thing. It's tangentially sports because it, it, it involves a, a potentially a sports figure um, related to college basketball in uh, Doug Gottlieb. Um, but so my wife, oh, yeah. my wife has an Etsy account where she sells antiques. And stuff, and then I have one where I sell antique books. And she got an order a while ago from a Douglas Gottlieb in New York, and that's where his show is based, is New York. And uh, it's for this, it's for this lamp that has it's, it's got like a, it's like a tree. The base of it is a tree, you know, and then it's got a woodpecker on it, and then there's a giant skunk in front of the tree. And this is what this lamp is in. And Doug Gottlieb bought us for $145. And then he left her in really nice um, feedback and everything like that. But the, the other funny part about it is that his his uh, like username or handle on, for his Etsy account is Hugh Jass. Perfect. Yeah. Beautiful. H-U-G-H, first name, and then J-A-S-S is what he has for his. It's fantastic. That's <laughs> one of my, that's one of my, my favorite one of my favorite uh, phone gags from The Simpsons is when Bart calls uh, Moe's looking for a, a huge ass. Uh, and there is actually a huge ass in the bar. And uh, it, it, that's great. So kudos to Mr. Douglas Gottlieb of New York, uh, the skunk lamp loving huge oh, ass awesome. man. Whether it's actually the real Doug Gottlieb. You know, basketball. We're analyst, all pretending it or is. not, but I'm we're gonna, gonna go, pretend I'm gonna go it, with is. it is. We are pretending it yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for mine, honestly, it's just been I've just been counting down the days till my my mom, my sister come and visit. Uh, they're coming down next week, so right after the boys' state finals, my pa- my mom will be in town. So that should be fun. I'm excited for that. Awesome. Yeah. 
Awesome. Thanks. All right. Well, that will put a bow on episode 245 of the Get Around podcast. Make sure you come back next week for episode 246, where we will reveal the top-notch 12 this time, um, or the sensational six, whatever it is, whatever matchups we're going to do in March Logo Madness. Uh, we will have a... Um, a breakdown of the girls basketball state finals, uh, a preview of the boys basketball state finals, uh, and we'll have a lot more, hopefully a student athlete interview, more Hall of Fame nominations, uh, and more things that made us happy. Uh, so make sure that our loyal Audible viewers, you check in and check Twitter account again this week uh, for the March Logo Madness matchups. We'll re- uh, we will reveal four each on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Uh, but for now, I've been your host, Brendan Queeley, and alongside me were Jordan Puente and James Cook. And with that, episode 245 of The Get Around is in the books. Mm-hmm.